Everybody got something to say about Dennis Allen. For real. Calling a man. Conservative. Say what? Talking about he don't want to go for it on fourth and one. Talking about they don't want to run the ball or pass the ball in certain situations. But look, regardless, whatever DA does, it's his prerogative. Get busy. Hey, check this out. They say he's not flashy, he really don't care, that's his prerogative. They say he can't coach, but he don't give a damn, under 500 is where he lives. Fans ask the question, are the Saints for real? But they don't understand, they really don't know the deal about a head coach. Trying hard not to be a joke It's kinda hard The Saints start the one in full scene Even though he don't have a clue And he keep doing what you do Don't even ask, we ain't going for two Hey, what's going on, Huda Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. And yes, I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. Um, I apologize that I'm not on camera on this edition. Um, I've been cleaning the entire day, okay, trying to get myself prepared uh, for my family to come in. And uh, quite honestly, you know, I'm a little tired, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but... Uh, I didn't do a show um, on yesterday, so I wanted to make sure that I uh, finish out this day with at least uh, a few minutes uh, talking about some of the Saints news that have came across the wire over the le uh, last uh, day and a half. Of course, um, I'm talking about some of the injuries um, that, that have taken place. Uh, Cesar Ruiz uh, and also recently uh, Jarvis Landry has been put on IR. Also, you have uh, rookie Chris Olave. Uh, he's not going to be playing in this weekend's uh, game uh, versus the Cleveland Browns. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. 
Uh, so the Saints, uh, they, they've been dealing with injuries all season long. And this is another uh, shot uh, to them, um, especially uh, Chris Olave, who has been playing outstanding uh, as of late. And um, I don't know uh, how long he's going to be out. I mean, he's, when you're dealing with a hamstring, it's uh, it's pretty tough, man. So I would hate the fact that, uh, you know, he has played as well as he has. And I'm I'm not sure. I think he's maybe like a few yards away from being a thousand yard receiver. So I will hope that he will be able uh, to at least put himself in, you know, that thousand yard mark uh, going towards the end of the season. But as far as Cesar Ruiz, uh, I mean, that was uh, pretty tough as well. I mean, Cesar Ruiz has been a really uh, he's been the Iron Man of the offensive line for the New Orleans Saints. You know, he's he started all games last year, even though he struggled a little bit. But this season, uh, it seemed like he came into his own and he's been playing pretty solid. So it's unfortunate that they lose him for an entire year. Uh, as far as Jarvis Landry is concerned, to be quite honestly, I forgot Jarvis Landry was actually playing. Uh, he's been dealing with injuries, but, I mean, he, he's been, I guess, working towards, you know, getting back on the field, getting back to 100%. And uh, it, it looks like, I mean, I don't know, man. Jarvis Landry looked kind of old and washed up to me. I, I don't know if this is injury or just the fact that maybe he he's not really into what the Saints are trying to do. I know he had a lot. Uh, to say about Jameis Winston uh, being a quarterback, you know, what's the reason why he came to New Orleans? Maybe, you know, the whole Andy Dalton dynamic is just not a good fit for him. But regardless, I mean, these two guys are a part of the starting offensive rotation, and it's, uh, it's be pretty bad to lose guys like that. And then also with Chris Olave uh, not playing this weekend. Um, that means that the Saints will go into the game versus the Cleveland Browns Probably with Traquan Smith, uh, Marquez Callaway, and uh, and, and and rookie Rashid Shahid, and um, also Kirk Merritt uh, has been signed to the active roster, so he he will take the trip uh, along with those wide receivers, and I'm pretty sure they'll probably be using him in some capacity. Um, it's going to be tough for the New Orleans Saints. I mean, it's it's going to be bad. Uh, the fact that you know the weather is going to be pretty terrible out there has been it's so bad that the Saints actually had to leave. Uh, on this evening if you're listening to this on a Thursday they had to leave on this evening in order to uh, you know make sure that they're there in time because they're supposed to have some rough weather and uh, shouts out to everybody out there that may be dealing with weather um, concerns especially like in uh, around uh, the area the Georgia area um, yeah it's supposed to be pretty bad so be careful out there folks uh, but the Saints are going to have to run the football um, most times when you are dealing with swirling winds and cold weather like that your best friend is a running game uh it's been tough for the new orleans saints uh running the football um as of late so should be interesting to see how they're going to be able to run the ball and also uh their run defense has been terrible so it's kind of interesting to see what are they going to do to be able to neutralize nick chubb and kareem hunt so we'll see you know we'll see uh but these injuries um I, the, the way i feel about it and I'm going to continue to say it. And I know we talk about mathematics, but the Saints aren't making a playoff. So I wouldn't be trying to rush Chris Olave back. I wouldn't be trying to rush guys like Marshawn Lattimore back. I wouldn't be trying to rush anybody back because this season is pretty much a wash. So I'd rather have guys uh, ready and prepared to uh, go into next season and be ready for, you know, training camp by not overexerting themselves, trying to, uh, win these last couple games so D.A. can save his job, all right? If D.A. can't save his job in, in, what, 15, 16 weeks, then 
his job ain't worth saving. So that, it's just that simple. So at the end of the day, well, it's unfortunate, but I'd rather have those guys uh, going into uh, next season, uh, not so much uh, Jarvis Landry, I'm going to be honest, but uh, to have those guys coming next season to be able to help out, to maybe help with this rebuild process, that would be great versus uh, these, you know, trying to play these last three games. But let me go ahead and read some of your comments. And like I said, folks, this probably this is not going to be a long show. I know I often say that, but I'm I'm really, really serious, man. This is not gonna be a long show at all. Uh let's see. We're gonna start with Jerry said, Yeah, get him TJ for screwing over uh my James. <laughs> hey man, look, um, that was just something that popped into my head, man. I I tell y'all. So um I was actually out a couple nights ago and I was uh, looking for a blanket from uh, for my son. I was going to a different Walmart, you know, to try to get it. And I don't know, man. Um, Bobby Brown, my prerogative. No, uh, no, nah, nah, no. It was uh, Apple Music. You know, I was uh, listening to Apple Music, and uh, the song was in a rotation. And all of a sudden, like, it, the idea just popped in my mind. And, uh, you know, I decided to make something out of it, man. You know, I hope everybody enjoyed it. I, I, I enjoy, like, making these these songs you know just for entertainment purposes you know i don't have anything personal against anybody you know i just want to make people laugh and you know give people something to think about so hopefully you all enjoyed uh, da's prerogative i'm scroll down a little bit uh only way we're winning is if we run the ball and control the clock yeah man i mean look to me you want to run a football not only you know to control the clock but well i guess yeah you want to control the clock because you want to get up out of there man you don't want to be on that field no longer than you have to be and uh it's gonna be funny looking at the new orleans saints playing in weather uh games like this like i don't think i've seen the saints play in a, a cold weather game uh, of this magnitude probably i mean i'm pretty sure they they did it but probably like that philly game in the playoffs you know when they beat philly in the playoffs it's been a while since I've seen the Saints play in these type of conditions uh, when the temperature is this low. I have to really think about that. Uh, it's going to be bad. Snug as a, a bug in a rug. Let's see. Uh, going to be a high of 17 here in Atlanta tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, be careful out there, folks. You know, it, it's rough, you know, especially like for people who are not used to this type of weather. So be careful out there, folks. We don't want anybody to – we don't want to be hearing about nobody getting hurt or anything like that, especially around the holiday season. You want to be there for your family and your friends, so be careful. Uh, we got to stop the Browns' run game, and our offense got to score points. Look, I feel like this, man. We've been at this for 16 weeks, and the Saints basically showed us who they are. Like, I, I just – People are still searching and trying to, you know, looking for that complete game, looking for that complete team, looking for that team that we thought was going to make the playoffs when week one started. I just think that that's just wishful thinking at this point. What we have right now is a team that is struggling, trying to find themselves and a team that basically isn't good because they, they are not well coached and they just got a lot of flaws. And, you know, if you don't have a coach to be able to, you know, to, to signal out those flaws, and also being able to do something about it, like, I don't know, holding guys accountable, uh, then you're always going to have these issues. And um, that's that's very, very concerning for me. It's, it's very, very concerning. And the Saints got some decisions to make in this offseason. But I think if anybody is just waiting for this light to turn on and all of a sudden, like, the Saints is going to 
you know, go back to like when they was when Breeze was throwing for three, four hundred yards. I just think you sadly mistaken. This team are who they are. And I just think that the best thing we should be doing as Saints fans is looking towards the future. And hopefully we can get uh, some offensive uh, innovation and also a better coach, in my opinion. I have a bad feeling Atlanta is going to whoop us on Christmas Eve. Uh, I'm going to catch uh, the business from Saints fans if the Ravens lose. Uh, that's right. Keep warm. I don't know if you'll, you'll get the business, man. I mean, because quite frankly, I mean, the Saints lost to the Ravens. So you always got that. And it's not like they, this happened two or three years ago. This happened a couple weeks ago. So I don't think any Saints fan should be clowning anybody. Like, it, like I don't know. Like, it's one thing to, like, clown some people within your division because the whole division sucks. Uh, but when you're going up against teams that's, that's fighting for their playoff life, like, like seriously, like, they literally be fighting for their playoff life in any other season. But you, you're just dealing with, uh, you know, unfamiliar circumstances. That's what got you in a conversation for the playoffs because everybody in your division is terrible. Like, what can you possibly say to a team that's conventionally fighting for their playoff lives? Like, the only reason why the Saints are still in it, because once again, the division sucks. So what, why should we be talking about anybody besides, like, maybe some, some teams in our division? You know, because, I mean, that's just basically, you know, all, a bunch of bad teams, you know, but somebody got to win a division, I guess. Brandon says, guys, you do not want the Saints to make the playoff. That guarantees a DA return. Brandon, you are not lying, man. Shouts out to my guy B, man. No, I do. No, we do not, man. No, we do not. Do not. Do not want. I, I, I told y'all. I told y'all weeks ago. I said, I, I wouldn't even care if the Saints lost every game, but that means that this dude get fired. I know that that sounds like quitters talk, but, bruh, this team has has hit the, like, hit rock bottom. And it's un, it's unreal how it just happened. It's unreal how, like, this team just fell off, like, the way that it did, man. Like, seriously, man. Like, it is bad. And I don't want to see this dude on the sidelines. But I'm – but I'm pretty confident they're going to try to find a way to bring this dude back. And it's going to be a hard sell. It's going to be a hard sell. I, I know people are constantly saying this. Oh, you know, the ticket sales are going to be good. People still waiting for tickets, season tickets and all that. I'm telling you, nobody is going to sit up there and be spending their money on Dennis Allen and what he has shown. If people name on that wait list, they taking it off if that dude end up being a coach again. Because the Saints are going to have to prove to the fans that they're worth going to see. Like, people people can watch and support the team from the house and don't have to pay a dime. You know what I'm saying? They're still going to chill. I don't think that has anything to do with you being a loyal fan, that you don't want to show up and be spending hundreds of dollars on tickets to watch this team wet the bed. Like, I can, you know what I'm saying, I, I can sit at home for free, cheer for the team, and if they lose, you know, you know, go go somewhere else. But I ain't about to be sitting sitting around spending hundreds of dollars and watching DA just muddy up a team and make them you know and make them an abomination. Seriously. Last game these two teams played. Saints had two fumbles and a missed field goal. Cleveland had two missed extra points and two field goals. The last one, yeah, man, Zane Gonzalez won the game for the New Orleans Saints. Cause I, I forget, I remember that. Because uh, Tyrod Taylor threw that dime to Antonio Callaway. 
know that was uh that was in the superdome and the saints are lucky as i don't know what that they got out of there with that win they are they were lucky but you know the crazy thing about it is the cleveland browns always play the saints really well like even when even when uh drew Brees was here like the cleveland browns always play against the saints tough also that classic Halloween game when Mike Dicker was the coach, when Tim Couch drew that Hail Mary down the field and uh, they won the game. Yeah. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns, uh, the Cleveland Browns had the Saints number. Like, I'm like that. If it wasn't for Zane Gonzalez missing those field goals, the Saints would have lost against Cleveland a couple years ago. So that, there you go. Uh, the light is out. Irvin uh, Peterson would have been a great choice. Was there a power struggle between Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis? No, I don't think so. I don't think there was a power struggle at all. I mean, you, you hear Sean talking. He said that he, you know, Mickey Loomis is is one of his best friends. So I I believe that. You know, I just think that Sean, Sean Payton was just looking for a new challenge. I, I, I don't think it was as complicated as people want to make it out to be. I know people have uh, responsibilities. They don't want to just, uh, you know, make assumptions. But look, hey. They they don't have to do they don't have to they don't make they may not want to make assumptions but I don't have a problem with that you know I I know I know from the people that I talk to and I'm fortunate enough to uh, know some people around the league um, do wanted to leave you know I don't care what any I don't care what any of the reporters are reporting no disrespect to them but this was what told to me and I, it's the same person that told me that Sean Payton was going to step down. And I didn't believe it at the time. But sure enough, it happened. So that's the way I'm looking at it. Like, I understand people got a job to do, and they don't want to admit it, but dude wanted to, dude wanted to change. He wanted to change. He wanted to take on a new challenge. And when you're in the same place for a long period of time, you know, you want a, new, you want a challenge. So I'm not buying that stuff about, oh, Sean Payton seeing the writing on the wall. Like, okay, if if – he saw the writing on the wall guess what who had the marker you know who had the pen who had the pencil who wrote on the wall you did you know if the so this if the saints don't have a quarterback they don't have a future running back they don't have uh depth on a uh, on the interior line they ain't they haven't developed guys on the offensive line to our liking guess who fault it is it's sean payton sean payton just as responsible as, as mickey loomis so I, I mean, like I said, I I don't understand how people be trying to get Sean Payton a pass. Like, oh, he's so smart, he's so smart. He he's seen a writing on the wall. Like, man, that just that just create trying to be a creative when it comes to the narrative. But this dude put this team in a position that they're in right now. It's just as simple as that. Like, if the Saints don't have a quarterback, guess what? It's because Sean Payton didn't set them up for success in the future. So regardless if he's there or not, so. If if he doesn't want to come back based on that, he, he did it to himself. So if he and if that's the case, then you can look at that as like sabotage, right? I'm just saying. I don't think it's sabotage, but you can look at it that way. Uh I heard on another person's podcast that they've been trying to sink uh sign petitions to get DA fired. Yeah, man, they had a petition that came out a, a couple of months or about a yeah, about a month and a half ago trying to get uh Dennis Allen fired, but I don't think I don't think you know it's gonna mean anything. It's not gonna affect the way the Saints uh make the decision to bring him back. New Orleans versus Cleveland in 2006 saw flashes of a team that 
would win a Super Bowl in that game. Yeah, uh, that was that was Drew Brees' first game as a Saints quarterback. Um, and uh, yeah, they won that game. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, after seeing Peterson out coach yet another one of his com- uh, contemporaries, uh, we blew it. Now looking harder at him. I man, look, I got a whole show. I, I mean, I got a whole podcast telling people, man, the Saints need to, the Saints need to uh, look at Doug Peterson. Nah, 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 bro. That ain't a good idea. Like I mean, I told y'all, man, Doug Peterson is a really good coach. I've been, I man. I've been telling people that, like, but you know, of course, people got in their head about that uh Ned Setfield uh situation, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we don't want him as a coach. I'm telling you, that's why I be telling y'all, man. I like you can't just always like believe what like the media and stuff like that be trying to tell you about these coaches, man. Because these guys can coach. Like you're telling, like, I'm telling you, Frank Reich on the market in the off, you know, in the offseason. And the Saints are looking for a coach. That dude will be one of the guys I consider. I'm I'm just being, I'm just keeping it 100 with you. You know, it, it is, you know, he he's a good coach. And I think that Doug Peterson is a good coach. And I think he got uh, Jacksonville going in the right direction. So sometimes it, you, it's not always about, it's not always about what the narrative is about a person. Because, I mean, the media, they, they try to create these narratives to keep you locked in on individuals, you know, but it doesn't always tell a story. I mean, at least that's the way I feel about it. But yeah, I'm, I'm happy for Doug Peterson, man, because we know that they, they have tough markets out there. I mean, you coaching the Philadelphia Eagles and, you know, that, that's a like a bloodthirsty market right there. You know, they they want instant success, like, you know. Even if they ain't winning, and they, you know, and you start losing some games, or bring, or winning, winning a few games, and let's just say you win like three or four games in a row, and you lose the next two after that, they, they looking like, man, what's going on? What's going on? You know, like it, it is, um, yeah, it's crazy. Like so, yeah, sometimes, man, like you said, another man's treasure, another man's treasure. Man, that's the way I look at it. Uh, let's see. Reggie ran good that game against the Browns, too. Hey, they, I mean, it kind of showed, like, the beginning of what Sean Payton wanted to do with Reggie Bush, you know, throwing the ball, uh, him catching the ball out of the backfield or, you know, and running, like, those toss plays. Uh, so, you know, I also believe that, you know, there was, a, there was a lot of stress plays, and that's when, like, Reggie Bush really found out, you know, he was in NFL. You know, going to USC, you can do those toss plays, and you can get to that edge real quick. And I think that's where Reggie Bush struggled, like in his rookie season, if it, if my memory serves me correctly. Like, he was always trying to bounce the ball on the outside. But you have these linebackers that run probably faster than you can. But uh, it started to come on, you know. I mean, I always say this, you know, I got a lot of respect for Reggie Bush, you know, but he wasn't, like, a great Saints running back. Like, I, he, like he gave you moments. Like, there were moments where he was really good. Like, we can remember, like, you know, the game versus the Minnesota Vikings when he was running back those kicks or, you know, the 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 back game, you know, when they played against Arizona or, you know, the game where he th- uh, caught that 80-yard touchdown for Chicago. Like, he had moments. But it wasn't like, you know, constant dominance or whatever. I always thought, like, Pierre Thomas was better than him. And when they, when they shared the backfield, I'd rather look at Pierre Thomas because I feel like Pierre Thomas was more productive than Reggie Bush was. 
Like I said, R Reggie Bush was Reggie Bush was a Reggie Bush was a moment, you know. Like I said, he came with, with with a lot of hype and a lot of fanfare, you know. I just think that people just have this this um, they just have these thoughts about Reggie Bush, but I, I think it's more about what Reggie Bush represent more so than what he actually did, like. Reggie Bush was not a, a great Saints running back. I see Ivan say this. He was not a great Saints running back. He was not. He was not. Reggie Bush, like, was Reggie Bush better than Pierre Thomas? No, he wasn't. Was Reggie Bush better than Deuce McAllister? No, he wasn't. Was Reggie Bush better? What Was he more effective at running, you know, in between the tackles than Mike Bell? No. Like, Reggie Bush was, a, Reggie Bush gave you moments. Like give me give me give me a give me a timeline where Reggie Bush was dominant. What what year was Reggie Bush like just dominant? He was like like on some Alvin Kamara type stuff. That that's what I want to know. Like that that's what I'm saying. Like people just fall in love with the individual. Like but they ain't just looking at the actual work. I'm not saying he trash. He was not trash. He just gave you more moments than gave you production. I mean, if that was the case, to be honest with you, then why didn't the Saints sign them back? You know, like they would have tried to do everything they could to try to re-sign this dude or try to put a franchise tag on him so that he, we wouldn't. Somebody said when he went to Miami. Yeah, I mean, but he, I'm talking about for the Saints, not for somebody else. I ain't talking about that. Like, yeah, he had some, like the year after he left the Saints, you know, he ran for a thousand yards. He wanted to show that he was every down back. And then, I mean, he was good for Detroit. He was good for the uh for the Lions, but I'm just saying for the Saints, no. Pierre Thomas was better than he was, you know. Did like who replace who replaced Reggie Bush? Darren Sproles, right? Uh, Reggie was a good receiver, but I say Sproles was a better. Yeah, I mean Sproles was more productive. Like you can think about, like honestly, you can think about these last running backs of, of the last decade and a half. They were like they were better than him. I'm just I'm just keeping it a buck, man. I'm like I said, this is not a knock on Reggie Bush. I'm just saying for his production. Pierre Thomas. Um, I mean, Mark Ingram was more productive than him. Uh say Alvin Kamara clearly more productive than him. Darren Sproles, more productive than him. All right, so I don't know. Like I said, he had moments. You know, he had moments, but like I said, I, I mean, I don't know. There's there's a difference between sustainable success. I mean, sustainable like success and just moments of success. And he, I feel like he gave you more moments of success than than uh, like consecutive games of success. Like I'm just saying, what year? What year as a Saints running back did Reggie Bush like? What year did he give you like just great great numbers like constantly? Like where he was just like on some Pro Bowl type stuff or some all pro type stuff or borderline, like he was just the best person on the field every Sunday. He was not. Like it was times where you know he just caught fire and stuff like that, and you know, everybody just got excited. Cause I mean, he was an exciting player. But I, I just think that that's what makes us, you know, just love him so much because he was so dynamic. So it just makes us want to fight for him. But when you peel back the layers. Like you just realized that he was average as a Saints running back. Um, 
Let's see. Let's go back a little bit. PL was a beautiful runner with such balance and patience. Yeah, and he was the best screen runner I was I ever seen. Like he was really, really good. Uh happy bone chilling, uh cold day. Who that fam? <laughs> uh chilly everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere across the country. Um, stroll down just a little bit. Uh rest in peace to Franco Harris. Yeah, and Franco Harris uh passing away at the age of 72. Legendary Pittsburgh still a running back. Everybody know him from uh, the immaculate reception, uh, the big game uh, against the uh, the Raiders uh, back in the day. Uh, you know, there's still a question act. You know, did the ball hit the ground? But there's always just there's only just one angle of that, and it just don't show the ball hitting the ground. It just show him from his thighs up. You know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but that's a classic moment, man. It's always going to forever be. Uh, known for it, being that bell cow back for all those legendary uh, Pittsburgh Steelers teams of the 70s. You know, I mean, they were they were a juggernaut back in those days, man, when you had Stallworth and Swine and yeah, Mel Blunt and, you know, Mean Joe Green and Mike Webster. And, I mean, you, you had Terry Bradshaw and then, of course, Franco Harris. I mean, so they, they had some talented guys on that team, man, and that was during a time when they didn't have any, a salary cap. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Rooney family was spending money bringing those guys and keeping those guys there. And um, it was rough for a lot of teams, man. I mean, if it wasn't for the Pittsburgh Steelers, probably the Houston Oilers uh, with Bum Phillips, they probably would have had a couple Super Bowls. Uh, John Madden would have definitely had more Super Bowls. Uh, I mean, but those teams were extremely dominant and those defenses were vaunted. And because their defense was so dominant, uh, they have to change a lot of rules. I mean, Mel Blunt is the reason why you got the five-yard rule. You know, you can't jam a wide receiver after five yards. is because of Mel Blunt. They were just bullying those guys. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there was a lot of uh, classic uh, moments uh, that involved the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, of course, we know about that championship game uh, against the Houston Oilers. You know, there, people thought that the wide receiver caught the ball in the back end zone for the Oilers. It cost them the Super Bowl. Um, like I said, immaculate reception. I mean, so many great moments when the Pittsburgh Steelers and Franco Harris was a part of. So rest in peace to Franco, uh, to his family. You know, my condolences to them and uh, Pittsburgh uh, Steelers fans everywhere that that loved this dude and, and and really looked at this guy as a as a folk hero and a, and a legend uh, for the Steel uh, Steel City. So rest in peace to Franco Harris. Sproles was more productive for the Saints than Bush. Thank you. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I can I could just think of a few guys. I don't like I said, I don't want to keep on uh harping on this, man, because I don't want this to be a bad set a bash session. Like I'm bashing Reggie Bush because I got a lot of respect for him. Uh shouts out to his team, uh, his representatives and stuff. I've reached out to them before. Uh really nice folks. Um actually we're trying to get Reggie on the show one time, but you know, everything he's going with Fox and uh doing college football and stuff like that, he's extremely busy. So you know, good folks over there, but, you know, you know I want to uh, make it look like I'm bashing Reggie. Let's see. Ricky Williams. Yeah, Reggie, I mean, I don't know. Ricky Williams was a, a head case at that time, man. The brother was just dealing with something. And uh, I just think that the pressures of uh, – I get uh, – Ivory did go to the Jets. Um, but you know, I just think that Ricky Williams had a lot of pressure um, coming out of college. Uh, Heisman Trophy at the time he broke the rushing record in college football and 
You know, I mean, giving up all them draft picks for you. You win a dress on Sports Illustrated and, and, and all that kind of stuff with Mike Dicker. And, um, you know, you got no limit uh, representing you, with t- you know, and got you one of the worst contracts in NFL history. Dude just had a lot going on, you know. He had a lot going on, and and uh, I just think that it just kind of affected him. I think he just needed a, a fresh start because, I mean, that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid to be the savior uh, of, a, of a franchise, you know. So – Reggie Bush is being straight up disrespected right now. I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion, Ivan. But I ain't, I ain't about to make it, you know. I, everybody entitled to their opinion. I'll just leave it at that. TJ, the Dolphins game Super Bowl uh, year. Yeah, you know, yeah, that was, that was a uh, legendary game too. You know, but, I mean, that was a game. You know, I don't know what we're talking about. I guess we're talking about uh, Reggie Bush, but that's a game. I'm just talking about like how, you know, a, a person just goes an entire year and just dominate, right? They get opportunities. They take advantage of those opportunities. So uh, let's see. No matter how much you talk about Reggie T, uh, TJ, you can never hurt him uh, like Sheldon <laughs> did. Yeah, in that division game. I mean, he knocked him silly, but that, I mean, shots out to him, you know what I'm saying, being willing to, you know, catch that pass, but that was on Drew, man. Drew got a – Drew shouldn't have threw that pass to him. You should have seen that coming, and you should have seen that safety coming down. But, uh, yeah, he, he didn't do that boy no favors. Uh, what actually happened to Pierre Thomas anyway? It looks like he wasn't the same after the game with the San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you get knocked out cold in that game, and I, I really felt like the Saints really missed him, even though, you know, Darren Sproles and, and Jimmy Graham – uh, the two guys that really were responsible for that Saints legendary offensive uh, year that they had, uh, all those uh, yards that they put up. But um, I think Pierre Thomas was the straw that stirred the drink because he was that battering ram. He was the guy that would have been able to absorb that uh, that that physicality. But uh, Ghosting, you know, uh, who still don't like the Saints to this day, uh, knocked them out cold, you know. But, I mean, Pierre Thomas at the end of the day, I mean, he's still a Saints legend. You know, he's a he's a legendary figure. Uh, don't do no limit like that. It was a contract Ricky wanted. Ricky and Master P had stated this. Ricky wanted to earn every penny. Yeah, I mean, but still. I mean, Jerry, <laughs> look, your your representation is supposed to still set you up, you know, and they're supposed to advise you in the right direction, you know. So somebody should have advised him that that wasn't a smart decision, which they did so I still got to hold them somehow responsible. I mean, you can, you can have like the best intentions in the world, but somebody needed to convince this dude like, hey, bro, you ain't going to be playing football forever. You know, so that that's just bad representation right there. I don't care. Like somebody got to help me see. Somebody got to help me see what's going on here contractually or see what's going on as far as like, you know, my future, even if I'm not looking at it. That's that's what these guys sign these agents for. So, I I don't know, you know, yeah, I, I incentive lace contract. Like I'm pretty, like he can talk about his contract and talk about oh he wanted to prove his work, but I guarantee you, Master P got his work, <laughs> and he ain't have to wait for it. And he won't have to prove it either. 
Dalton Hilliard is a legend, uh, Saint, uh, yeah, legend, Saints legend. Yeah, I agree. Did Pierre Thomas get a thousand yard season? Um, no, but I mean, between the running and the passing, yeah, he did, you know, for total yards, yeah, he had. But I mean, you got to look at these running backs also, Drew. Um, it is a different wave, and Sean Payton and Drew Brees were responsible for that, right? Um, also, Andy Reid in Philadelphia with Westbrook and and Deuce Taylor, you know, like you had you had the guys who you know they threw the ball at these screen passes, and these guys it, that was an extension of the run. Guys weren't like conventionally like running downhill like a like a Derrick Henry and stuff like that, or Adrian Peterson, you know, like these guys were catching and running. So I think you got to take that into account. Now, if Pierre Thomas was playing for a team that was just run dominant like that. And he was, you know, he, he ain't run for a thousand yards. I think that would probably look funny. But we know that the Saints just like to air the ball out. So Pierre Thomas had to kind of get with the program. Uh, and we know that the conversations back, well, I, I'm not sure how old you are, Drew, but I'm pretty sure if you start you, you bringing up, uh, you know, 06, I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, Pierre Thomas was catching the ball, running the ball out of backfield. And, uh, you know, like I said, that thousand yards uh, is, is more so like a combination of running and passing. So, yeah, it, it's not like those, uh, those con, you know, conventional ways. Uh, I'm going to take a few more, then we're going to go ahead and get up out of here, folks. They say, uh, why don't, uh, well, why he don't like the Saints? I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I guess the whole Drew Brees thing and, yeah, I, I mean, they played them a couple times and, I, I I don't know. I, I guess they had, you know, they felt like Drew got some flags. I think Navarro Bowman uh, hit Drew Brees and it was like a rough in the passer penalty or something like that. That honestly, it shouldn't have been rough in the passer, to be honest. Kind of let the Saints off the hook because I think the Saints end up winning that game. But um, yeah, I just think that he just has some animosity towards the Saints. But uh, as much as Sean Payton called pass plays back in the days, a back was hard pressed to get a thousand yards in the season. Yeah, I mean, there aren't many thousand yard rushing, uh, you know, running backs for the New Orleans Saints, you know, during the uh, Sean Payton era. Now, I, I mean, guys had opportunities, you know, but guys weren't running for a thousand yards, man. Like we know that they, that's just not how they roll. Like we we've complained on several occasions. Oh, the Saints need to throw the ball. Oh, the Saints. I mean, Saints need to run the ball. Saints need to run the ball. So we know that they ain't really run the ball. Tyrone, thank you very much for the two dollars. Said Thomas uh, has been the same since he fell off uh, the float. <laughs> hey, um, I mean, look, guy, you know that dealt with a lot. Not, not to mention, uh, he was with Will Smith the night that Will Smith was murdered. Like they were leaving a restaurant together, right? He, he just came from, uh, you know, whining and dining with uh, Will Smith and his wife, and all of a sudden, like you gotta hear that he was shot and killed and and if you ever like him like kind of talk about that you can tell that it kind of affected him and it will affect anybody so you know but look i i like like these these guys aren't really as vocal like you don't really see pi thomas on social media you know it's like kind of like marcus coasting like you don't really see coasting on, on social media like that you know like they they're just you know guys that were like high character and they kind of just keep to themselves about their business and uh lastly it says uh we can't stop the run or run the football 
uh, this uh, the season ends this weekend, like Bill Parcell says, you are what your record says you are. I agree. You know, I agree, man. You know, it, it's everybody you who's looking for, uh, you know, this newfound wave of saints or something like that, and it's not happening, man. Like they they are who they are. Like we sixteen weeks into the season, so if you haven't found out who you are by now, you're not. Like I say, you might as well just look to next season. LOL Gruden will never walk the sidelines as a head coach again. Yeah, probably not. Well, I, I don't want to say probably. I, I don't want to say he won't. It, it's probably just need some time to uh, go by, you know, because at the end of the day, uh, Brandon, like these people don't really care that much. You know, they just got to pretend that they care. Like it, it's about protecting their bottom line. So if enough time goes by, like he'll find a way to get, you know, get back into the league. Yeah, they'll probably complain and probably say some things and probably make topics about it, but he'll get back into the league. I mean, if you got guys out here that's, you know, uh, you know, doing like, uh, you know, domestic violent acts and getting on drugs and going to jail and doing all these things and then get back into the league, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, a guy who used, uh, you know, I guess like racist uh, language on a on an email. I'm pretty sure they'll get them back into the league. So these guys care about winning, and if they feel like John Gruden can get them some wins, uh, they'll try to justify it, and they they will talk to the NFL so the NFL can talk to the media to make them go to sleep. You know, uh, and they and the media has ways along with the NFL. They they have ways of making people feel like uh they should be ashamed and embarrassed like to talk about certain topics you know they'll probably like get the like the mob mentality to maybe go against the person that's trying to fight it so that person can kind of yield and bend the knee so to speak if i can use a game of throne uh analogy you know they, they try to do these things so i don't know like if they want him back in the league he'll he'll get back in the league but you know he'll he'll resurface in a couple of years and you know, people, you know, pretend like we stupid. Uh, I hope our uh, players are adjusting to the late Erie wins. Cleveland uh, Stadium is right by it, too. Hope. And uh, they, they can be playing in warm weather and it's still to be a tough game for them. Like, they can be playing the monsoon. It's going to be a tough game. Like, look, I, I don't. I don't. I said this before. I don't buy this whole dome thing because, I mean. Yeah, they're a dome team, but these guys come from all walks of life, and I'm including places that snow very, very often. So that whole stuff about you know, oh, the weather, the weather, it's not gonna matter. Uh, talk about his lips and other races ish, so he probably won't be back. Uh, let back in. I'm telling you, man. Time as time goes by, we 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 tend to for, forget or care less and less that's just that simple like it, it like I, I hate to be that guy but to be quite honest with you very few people really truly care about any of this stuff i'm just gonna be real like all these people on social media and stuff like that these these keyboard uh social activists man these people don't care like they don't they don't care about any of this stuff they just want to sound self-righteous so you can continue to buy into them and make them, you know, and, and say they're such a great person and they work so hard and 
like it's about them it's about feeding their ego it's not about creating change it's not about uh you know bringing awareness to it it's about trying to sound like the most right person in a room so i can build up my brand so i can elevate myself because if, if that's the case you know if the you know why is it that we live in this microwave world where one topic may dominate the day and then all of a sudden everybody outraged by that and then tomorrow something else happened and we outraged by that like so to, to think that john gruden won't or can't get back into the league i just think that that's just man i just think that you're doing yourself a disservice like that is a that is a high probability because like i said for the most part people don't care like you just need some time to go by you need some time to go by where people kind of forget about it and then all of a sudden you'll see them resurface again um i don't want to end on no john gruden uh comment so if somebody can uh let me see let's see you're probably right tj but he might be too old by the time this blows over we see uh i guess we just talking about these emails but i guess so you know i'll take a few more whatever direction y'all want to go in uh gruden will be back uh they say he's done his time and get it a second chance they'll find a way to get him back into the league people's attention spans go to the next thing to the next thing yeah that's why you know i i'm very very careful about some of the platforms and and some of the stances that i take and it's not because i you know i don't understand about what's going on i just i just wondered to myself do i have the energy to really see this thing through like some of us you know we just say things and, and, and care about the uh the repercussions later you know that that's that's what that's how it goes like we just <laughs> we just uh you know say things and we're not doing anything like we'll talk about all these social justice initiatives and stuff but we don't put no money towards it. We don't we don't see any of this stuff. We don't try to follow it through. We just start talking. And those are the type of people that I just don't respect. You know, I don't respect that. You know, if you if you stand on that and you're constantly fighting for a certain cause and or you're really like advocating for it, then I respect that. But for people that just feel like they just want to do that for likes and views and also just attention, like I have no respect for that. That's why I got you got to be very, very careful about it. You know, I'm very, very careful about uh, me picking like my sides. And I think that and I mentioned this before on the show, it was just what made me become this way was back in 2007. I was a junior. Well, I was in my senior year at Jackson State and um, they were throwing the time when the whole Jenna Six thing happened, you know, out in Jenna, Louisiana and. You know, everybody was like, oh, you're going to support the Gen of Six and, you know, we're going to wear all black and we're going to roll down Louisiana and stuff like that. I couldn't go because I had a test that day. But, you know, there was like wear black and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, me being a part of that, uh, you know, that crowd, you know, they're using that presentable crowd. Like, you know how it is when you're in school. Everybody, you know, with these, you know, social justice initiatives or whatever. But anyway uh we all know how that story ended if you don't like everybody went down there to Gen six raised so much money for these guys um they got a chance to present an award at the bet awards they talking about thank thank our fans like you ain't got no fans you got supporters and then this was during the time when like myspace and stuff was out they out there flaunting the money that people uh sent to them and after that i was like now nah, i'm good you know what i'm saying so that's why like i'm very very choosy 
with some of the, the stances that I take. And it's not because, once again, that I don't care. It's just the fact that do I am I going to continue to keep that same energy to care? So that, that's, that's the way I feel about it. Uh, yeah, I think uh, he got injured and never got back to normal. Yeah, we're talking about P.F. Thomas, I, I assume. And uh, let's see. And also, can't believe Jarvis joining Mike T on IR. Crazy. Yeah, man, look, I mean, Jarvis Landry ain't, ain't haven't done nothing since week one anyway, to be honest with you. So, I mean, can you miss production that you never really had? Like, I mean, I, I kind of forgot that Jarvis Landry was even playing. I mean, no disrespect to him, but I'm just, I mean, even he probably would have to admit that. I mean, I, I guess, you know, he was dealing with an injury and maybe he was just trying to fight back and trying to fight for the team. But, I mean, it just didn't work out, man. It, the, the, the Jarvis Landry experience in New Orleans just did not work out. So I don't, I don't know if he's gonna get opportunities. I'm, I'm pretty sure that um, he only he came to New Orleans on that one year deal to probably try to, you know, play some good football and maybe get back out there in free agency and be able to test the market. But based on what he did in New Orleans and, and you know, very few, uh, you know, teams that were out there trying to pursue him this past all season, um, this might be, you know, this might be the end for Jarvis Landry. Yeah, TJ, on the idea of short attention spans, I will finally that uh, mobile uh, people realize that politics is a marathon and not a sprint. Yeah, man, look, I don't really get into uh, politics like that, Prime, because quite frankly, I think that that's the thing that divides us. I think if we just basically kind of just sit back, we realize that, you know, neither one of these parties really have our best interests at heart, you know, to be real. They just tell us what we want to hear, uh, you know, follow the analytics and just become uh, caricatures of, you know, things like whatever we want them to be. Um, I, I think that, you know, any change is going to start with us as people. You know, I think that that's just the way that it goes. I know this may not have anything to do with football, but hey, we're at the end of the show. I think ch real change comes between, you know, people, you know, the heart of man, the heart of a human being. Like that is what's going to change society. You know, showing love to one another, showing support to one another, uh, not looking at a person, uh, the color of uh, the color of their skin, not judging people without conversations and not just taking what stereotypes that you see from movies and and what, you know, some favorable, nefarious news stations tell you about one another. You know, until we actually learn about one another and talk to one another and try to see each other's point of view with an open heart. You know, we're going to continue to have problems, no matter who you have in office, to be honest. Uh, let's see. The wide receiver group has so much uh, promise coming into the season. Sad to see the reality of it now. Yeah, man. You know, when, it's, when we started the season, uh, B, everybody was excited about everybody was excited about the potential of this team. But, I mean, that that, man, that just went away so quickly. And you would have loved to see what this thing could have turned into if everybody would have stayed healthy, but this wasn't meant to be. Uh, bro was so unfortunate with his neck injury was going to be pretty good too consistently. Yeah, I mean, Drew, I mean, he, he talked about this. I'm talking Delvin, bro. He already said, you know, that Sean Payton didn't like him very much. Sean Payton thought he was faking, uh, you know, when he, when he had the leg injury, because I guess those doctors, and we all know about those Saints doctors, trash. Um, 
you know, they misdiagnosed him and had Sean Payton walking around looking at him sideways like he didn't want to play. Yeah, but I guess it kind of, you know, messed up the the relationship uh, between the two. Uh, let's see. I have to disagree with you on that TV. One of the parties do try to do things for the masses while the other one doesn't. But there are other uh, some other parties that uh, does help us uh, that need it. I mean, I'll just take your word for it, man. But quite frankly, I just think that we all systematically program to follow a certain party. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to get into it. I'm not even going to get into that really. But like, at the end of the day, we we all basically systematically programmed in my, my honest opinion. You know, to me, I don't think any one of them really care about you as much, you know. <laughs> I mean, we just we just want to believe that, but like I said, don't, how we're going to change this world is not going to be political. It's going to be, you know, through the heart of man. So I don't care who who we talking about. Like none of them really care about you like that, you know. To be real, which they look at you as a number as a vote. They're going to be whatever you want them to be, and they're going to follow whatever trend that that, that makes, you know, you know, m- makes it work in their favor. I mean, I, I just, no, I'm not real big on politics. Uh, I just want to know one thing. Does the offense move better with Dalton at quarterback? That was the narrative earlier this season. Well, you know, they're going to throw numbers up, Jerry, and talk about how, you know, how efficient he is and stuff like that. But, I mean, if you were talking about winning games, you know, hey, you know, he ain't doing that either. You know, <laughs> so you can talk about these numbers all day, but it's not moving the needle especially when you're not winning. Uh, let's see. Jason Garrett is a Bishop Bowinkle hell nah moment. Uh, I mean, I ain't seen enough Jason Garrett. Uh, that I ain't seen a Jason Garrett everybody talking about. I think he pretty, I think he do all right. You know, I think he pretty good at what he does. You know, I think, I think he pretty good. You know, I, I just think that people just, you know, his, his facial expressions are like they talk about, you know, they look like he looks like a robot, but, he knows what he's talking about, man. Like, I know we may not like Jason Garrett, but I mean, Jason Garrett is a, a smart guy. You know what I'm saying? I think people forget sometimes that this man went to Ivy League. And I mean, yeah, y'all may not want to admit this, but he better than Drew Brees at, at, at commentating. Uh, guess we will see a lot of running in this Browns game. Yeah, hope so. I mean, I hope they would uh, run the football, try to get up out of there. Uh, may see a new running back this game, I think. Uh, see, y'all pick Dennis Allen. Why not try him? <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. Shouts out to everybody here. Shouts out to everybody that donated. Shouts out to everybody that commented. Uh, also, you can check out the previous episodes that are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. And also, you can check out Facebook.com, search The State of the Saints Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at TJAYJones8. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel, please do. We're really, really close to getting 10,000 subscribers. So uh, I will hope that you hit that subscription button to add so we can go ahead and get to 10,000 subs. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?